0: You are listening to the Fantasy Joes podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty.
1: And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Roto Librarian, Will, Will, I know I'm at Roto Librarian, Ryan Livergood, (laughs) and I'm looking right at Will the Thrill Greenwood. Um, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That was a funny start. Hey, Will, how are you?
0: Holy cow. We've got this, like, Harry. from thing. the Pillow Palace. I'm just saying it. The room was made of pillows. Would you jump in it? It's a simple question.
1: Uh, oh, Harry. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. We have a lot to talk about, and we're going to kick it off by talking about something that I've been facing a lot with, Will, and and, and that is guys that are clogging up my rosters. Because I'm trying to make moves. There's a few guys on the waiver wire, and I look at my roster and I'm like, "What am I still doing holding on to these guys?" But some of these guys I just can't let go of. So, who is one of your guys that you look at across your rosters and it's like, "Why do I still have him on my roster? We just can't quite let him go because you loved him during the rookie process or something like that."
0: Oh, uh, I guess I'm, I'm going to kick this one off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can not I can go if I you mean, want. <laughs> you, I mean, you wrote most of the names in, but uh, All right, I- I'll go. I'll go first. Okay.
1: Uh, uh-huh. Sorry. We're off to a great start, listeners. Thanks for joining us on the Fantasy Joes. Okay, Mike Gesicki or Mike Gesicki or whoever, however we've decided to call his name. You know, I, I would get some um, some cues from the national broadcast, but number one, I'm never watching the Miami game. They're never on you know national television because they're so bad. And number two, even if I were watching a Miami Dolphins game, Will, they wouldn't call his name because he has zero production. So Mike Gesicki... But I, I don't want to get rid of him because I, I might have—I probably did spend a second round of pick on him for some dumb reason because he had a great combine. So what do we do with a guy like him? What do you do with him? Because we know with tight ends, right, the, the research shows us that, like, it's like they're going to break out at 26 years old. So I've got to hold on to him for like, three more years before something happens.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a boring answer at first is can you keep the guy in the taxi squad for more than a year? That's key in, in how many slots you have and what you're doing with them. Because I feel like for the most part, those should be saved for backup running backs.
1: Yeah, and I'm assuming, let's take the taxi squad thing off the table because there are plenty of people playing in Dynasty Leagues that they you know, only have a few taxi squad spots for more obvious players, that type of thing, or don't have a taxi squad at all. Because some Dynasty Leagues people, they don't want to do that for whatever reason. So
0: Yeah, so you might have been going through the thought process like, hey, I want to add DJ Shark at the beginning of the year, but I don't want to drop Mike Kosicki yet because his breakout year are becoming you you know, in, in 2020, time, 2023,
1: 2024. Yeah. Hold Don't want to lose them.
0: And, and so what do you, what do you do? You know, what do you do with the curious case of Mike Kosicki. I think you, I think you let him go and it might be too soon, but it's, I'm just not in the business of waiting that long for somebody to break out.
1: Yeah. And I'm definitely more and more this way. I, I have this problem. Well, I have this end fetish in, in my leagues where I like, like, I get excited about the tight ends, especially the ones that, like, pop at the combine and look look really good and are day two tight ends. And I know those guys can hit after a while, but I need to quit compiling them on my dynasty rosters because it just doesn't make any sense to have several of these guys on your team. It's like, yeah,
0: like, Foss Moreau coming into this year. Now, now that he's produced, he caught a touchdown, right? Like, Foss Moreau could be coming around, but he could also just flip right back to a roster clock again. So... It's uh, the, the advice that I would give here is it's obviously based on rush construction and what you're doing this year. It's very important to always keep in context of what you're doing, but guys who have looked completely awful in year two of their NFL, year one, you get an excuse year two, if you're not doing anything, it's, it's, it's time to me, it's time to let go. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah. You're, you're talking about Titans. Are you talking about in general?
0: I think in general.
1: Wow. So you you, maybe
0: hold quarterbacks longer, but oof.
1: Right. I. I mean. I think for. Well, okay. Let let's let's see, because you're you're moving in a direction I think we were going, but that's fine, because we'll come back to tight ends in a second. I think with running backs a lot of times the running backs, it's about opportunity. Yes. They have to have talent. So unless you, you know, they're like the number two on the depth chart someplace. Yeah. If they're number three on the depth chart, I think yes, we can move on from those guys. I I think guys like JJ that we've seen before that don't have a job. It's do do we want to, do we want to grab him and just hope he gets signed by somebody that loses a running back or we're just done with him. Right.
0: And CJ Anderson, same kind of guy. I I scooped him up when he was going in and talking to other teams. And I kind of forgot that he was on rosters in two weeks. And now, I'm dropping him, like he's hot for one of our <laughs> later discussion items. All right. And sometimes, okay. What, what I'll also say is, it, it it's it's not going to be overly beneficial. I'm sorry, but to have a roster clogger like like a JJ, like a CJ Anderson, how many weeks do you you give him, Ryan? Before you give up?
1: Probably depends on. Also, also depends on what's out there on the waiver wire, how active you are, or if you're making trades, you have to get a drop player. So, you know, but throwing that out the window, we're assuming that there's someone on the waiver wire you want to pick up. Um, Was that no. your first
0: drop? Or are you, are you dropping like running back wise? Are, are you like week two of this season? Let's say week three, when like some injuries, maybe even week four, injuries started to pile up. Are you dropping Mike Gesicki? or are you dropping J A J or CJ Anderson?
1: I'm probably dropping Mike Gesicki. a, a over running backs because I want to prioritize running backs on my roster. You you know how I build most of my teams. Well, I like to have, you know, not a large group of wide receivers on my team. I want to have some really premier wide receivers. Um, Obviously a couple of wide receivers on my bench, but um, a nice core group of wide receivers. And then I want to have a bunch of running backs because that position is prone to injury. And I want to have those guys that they're just injury away. So um, yeah, but maybe the example you gave isn't so much those guys because they're unsigned. And so I guess it would be kind of a toss-up between like those guys. But I'm I'm comfortable dropping the the younger tight end that hasn't broken out yet, but it may be many years away. Especially one on a bad team like him, or the unsigned running back that has shown something in the past, but they're older and they're falling apart. That type of thing.
0: Yeah. Like what about what about Bruce Anderson? You still holding on to him?
1: No, I don't think I have Bruce Anderson anywhere. Uh, maybe a couple of, like, really deep, deep leagues, but beyond that. that. Yeah, like
0: that 11-spot taxi squad. You kind of keep them on there.
1: Yeah, I think a couple of teams I, I've got them, but they're, they're like, you know, deep leagues. So, so, we, so we've got – I like this. We're kind of writing the fantasy Joe's rules for roster cloggers. So, with tight ends, basically, if – you know we've gone into year 2 they're not breaking out we're not going to wait for the breakout we're going to send them on their way right
0: yeah actually i'd okay. give them 2 years if you really believe okay 2 maybe years. even like 1 year 5 weeks <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's the uh, i mean I, honestly though like it, it like what are you doing
1: yeah nothing i mean you're just you're just clogging a roster spot and 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 some leagues this is more important than than others but i think we probably have a wide range of leagues and I, I guess I'm kind of talking about leagues. Let's just assume for this discussion, 12 teams, 25 roster spots. So, you know, not super shallow, but not crazy deep either.
0: And you're starting nine, let's say.
1: Yeah, starting nine.
0: No defense, no kicker?
1: No defense, no kicker. Get 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 out of here with that nonsense. All right, so I'm
0: not – I should drop Zane Gonzalez
1: after <laughs> he was drafted
0: by the Cleveland Browns and then cut.
1: No, I'm not asking you to do that. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay.
0: The, yeah anyway, move okay. on, move on, move on. So running back. I, I actually really like your next name on here because I don't necessarily see him as a roster clogger.
1: Oh, uh, Peyton Barber.
0: Yeah. Why aren't you starting him?
1: I guess he, okay. Starting him. Well, most of my team, I think every team I have Peyton Barber on, I've got better options at running back. So he's not, he's certainly not a guy I'm going to drop to pick up somebody, but, I kind of feel like he's a roster clogger because he's not really a guy that I ever want to start, but I can't, yeah, you know, I can't trade Peyton Barber. I mean, he's, he's just kind of a problematic guy. I guess if I'm desperate, desperate, I can plug him in my flex or running back position if I'm just decimated, but I never feel good about it. And so I just, I, he's the type of guy I kind of hate. I mean, Peyton Barber. Cause I, I can't, what am I going to do with him? Well, I can't trade him.
0: Start him week after week. He gets a touchdown yeah, every once in a while.
1: But I've got better options on my teams where I've got him. So
0: Ooh, but okay, let's let's of course pivoting <laughs> after what we just said about our starters. Uh in a deeper league. Yeah, but I can see it. I can see like you hold on to Peyton Barber because if there's an injury to Ronald Jones, he becomes a, a, a bottom of the barrel flex player, right? He's a bi week fill in. He is a
1: that's, that's beneficial
0: asset. So I don't really see him as a roster clogger, but I think that's a good point because his long term value probably doesn't extend past this year.
1: Right. And maybe he's a piece that will get a deal done for you if someone's like really on the fence, but they feel like they want to get one more little piece. You could throw Peyton Barber in and, and feel fine about it, and they may feel good because they need the running back depth. So I guess he has some value. Right? That's not really fair, but not not a guy I'm. I see a bright future for. Okay, Kiki Kuti is my next name on this list. We'll, we'll get into wide receivers because he he's a guy. You know, here's a guy. <laughs> this is a guy. He's a guy. That, we saw last year he had some really big weeks especially in ppr leagues so he's a guy that's flashed exciting houston texans offense other than their offensive line whenever deshaun watson has time to throw the ball but obviously there there are a lot of mouths to feed so to speak um with nuke and will fuller and of course uh kenny stills Stills. so I'm actually a big
0: fan of Kenny Stills on the Texans, especially how he's integrated so well into that offense at the beginning before he came up with that hamstring. And he kind of made QT irrelevant. And I think that just shows you – this is something you need to pay attention to in the NFL, the National Football League, as some people will say. Uh, that when you see a player get replaced by some guy that was just traded for – because he, he was a salary dump by the Dolphins. That was part of that Larry Mutunzel trade. Yeah. And I strongly believe this, that he wasn't – like. The Texans weren't asking for Kenny Stills. They, they, I don't think they really cared about getting Kenny Stills in that deal. He's just an expensive player for the Dolphins who are, uh, re, you know, just they're rebuilding and they're, you know, they're going like full on sellout mode and they need to dump contracts because Kenny Stills, I think is at least signed through next year. and It's not cheap. Uh, it's upwards of like $9 million. So, but when he comes in and then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, this guy's actually better than what we have on the roster that's something you need to pay attention to. And I get that Kiki had some big games last year, but you have to be, in my opinion, you have to be off of Kiki at this point. And he's a roster clogger. Not some guy you should drop because you got to, somebody's going to spend big fab to pick him up. But, you know, let's, let's move him. Let's, this is, Kenny Stills just got hurt. You know, try to, try to get a little bit of something for him. I, honestly, if I can get a, a late second, that'd be an instant snap up. If I can get an early third next year, I might, even, I might even still take that. And that might be selling low, but at least a third doesn't clog your roster.
1: Yeah, I wonder what his value is. We, we can look up some, some deals because, I, the, yeah, he's one of those guys. I guess there are some people that do really like him, and there may be that one guy in your league where they're excited by him and, and they think he has a lot of potential. So I, I do wonder about his value. While we're looking that up, will um, Nelson Aguilar – you know, he he gave you a couple of startable weeks, but now that the Eagles' wide is getting healthy, is he a guy that you have any interest in in holding on to? No,
0: because cause when he was out there, he went he went for that donut. Like uh, they just don't trust him. He's in his last year. And so, sorry to interrupt a little bit, but he's a guy again. It's, this is this this is why I, I think we wanted to have this conversation, even without a ton of like actionable output, but. He, at what point in time do you want Nelson Aguilar on your roster to, to start him? You're going to guess that the week that he goes off, and then you start him the next week that he, uh, you know, that then he, he he just really underperforms for your team. Trying to guess that, that guessing game for the wide receivers that you have is you're going to cause yourself headaches. And so he's somebody that you, I, I would love to unload anywhere I have him.
1: Yeah, t- Totally. And once again, probably a guy you can't get anything for. I don't think anyone's going to be like, I'd like, I, I trade I tra- I
0: tra- him for Deshaun Jackson.
1: Well, yeah, I, I, I would. You think you can get that deal done? Cause then you think people are like, Oh no, Deshaun Jackson, Jackson, when he's healthy, man, he's going to be a stud.
0: I mean, maybe it just depends how they're, it depends how they go about dynasty building.
1: That's true. It depends on what ageism or not, and that—that's the thing too. Because you're not—I don't think you're going to regret that trade, <laughs> even if Deshaun or excuse me, Deshaun Jackson does nothing the rest of their his career. You know, let's say he's just washed up, he's injured, he doesn't come back. Which I'm not saying is going to happen. Then you're not at anything at the end of the day. So I'm still logging in to find.
0: And this is this is past that that cusp, right? Like last year, we'd have had this conversation, and this guy we've been talking about. DJ shark was a roster clogger, right? As a rookie coming in, but then this year now he's breaking out. So that's why I want I want to see the year two and what they're doing. Uh, you can even add like Corey Davis is a, it's a roster clogger at this point. You're not starting Corey Davis week over week, but he has value. And those are the kind of guys you want off your team.
1: Yeah. But here, here's the thing is, is I don't really feel like Corey Davis is a roster clogger. I'm not trying to say he's valuable right now, but they're, is, to, uh, so have you just basically totally written him off? Well, like, like you think there's no hope for him whatsoever in terms of, um you know, the future, like, you know, new quarterback, he turns it around. He gets out of his contract, goes to a new team. He turns it around. I mean, th- you think he's Devonte Parker essentially?
0: Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. I was kind of there at the beginning and maybe I'm being a little bit biased in that sense, but it, uh, yeah, I, I think that's where I am at least. I'm trying to get rid of him. I, I don't want him.
1: <laughs> okay. So, and that's fair. You could be spot on. Right. I, I guess I just can't, I can't quit. I can't quit Corey Davis. I just refuse to not that I wouldn't move him in a league, but I also feel now it's like, what, you know, what, what's the, you know, return you could get for him. Actually, I should, I should look it up. Cause I might be surprised, but I I just feel like now I'd almost rather just hold on to him and just lose all value than get what little I can in return for him. Right.
0: Like so if you it. could trade, uh him for GJ truck right now would you
1: yeah i probably would it's, it's yeah it's a
0: wild wild world we live in this year
1: but, but i mean we're talking here here's some deals for cory davis you're talking uh royce freeman for cory davis I, I can't can't do that uh, you know i think royce Freeman is okay but um dallas goddard for cory davis uh, you know i like dallas goddard but i mean this is a 10 team league so that's just not enough for me. Yeah, I am I'm, I'm not doing that. L- let's talk about though Kiki Cootie though. That's what I want to know. What like what can we get for him? Let's see what the market says. Shall
0: we, Will? Yeah, pause for uh pause for suspense, suspense go. building. Dun dun dun. You well, know, it's it's plenty- just, so he's he's one of those cases though where it was easy to buy into Kiki this year, right? Yes. It, Will Fuller's injury prone. i I still think he is. Like I don't think that necessarily changes that narrative. Uh, and he's that kind of like boom busty and Ryan. We all know you hate him because he has such dinky little hands. That's right. Uh, and you know, some Kiki has massive mitts. That's why you're on board. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's he was the he was a narrative this season that was very easy to convince yourself of. And I, I mean, I was in. I, I was nothing against Kiki. Like I, I think you could scoop him up at a pretty good value, and he had a lot of upside. But now we're seeing that that's got that's going away. So are we past the selling window? You know, if you're – are you moving him for Deshaun Jackson for the season? Are you moving him for uh, Michael Gallup, you know, at this point? You probably can't. But, you know, that, that was kind of the range coming in. You could have easily gotten that done.
1: I'll tell you what you can get. This is kind of a weird um, league, though, because it's um, it's an IDP league. Um, but Kiki Cutie for a 2020 third-round pick and a twenty twenty-fourth fourth-round pick.
0: What was the first part of that?
1: You're, you're basically sending Kiki away for a 2023 round pick and a 2024 round pick. Third and a fourth.
0: Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably just take, I'd probably take Kiki. You know, <laughs> Even though I said it, I'd sell for a third, I think in a fourth. I, I think I'd do it. I'd, I'd get rid of him. Just dump him. If you, yeah. That way you can pick up a free agent, like pick up Byron Pringle.
1: And, and this is a little different, too, because it is a. League where you, ha- you have deep rosters um, because you're starting 21, 53-man rosters with the IDP element. So you can get some good IDPs rounds three and four, I think. So I, I, I think I'd do that pretty easy. Yeah, all the deals with Kiki Cutie are, are, like, package deals. Like, no one is sending him, like, straight up for anything, which I think is pretty telling. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, if you could send Kiki in your third for a second, like, I would do that.
1: Yeah, I would too. I like, like that. To get that little
0: bit of upgrade, you know? Yeah. And maybe a team that has Kenny Stills and they're like, okay, well, let me get the injury risk there. I could see, I could see that. Cl- I mean, it does clog up your roster it is, is for sure to keep in mind, but that's a, something that would be worthwhile to do.
1: That's probably your play. I like that. Just, just take a third. Get a or Kiki
0: second. Cutie and Dion Kane.
1: Yeah. Dion Kane is another guy up on the list because, uh, you know, he was get you know, gotten some buzz and some hype, but, you know, uh, you can't get much for Deion Kane. He's a complete toss in. He's, uh, he, to me, he's a roster clogger.
0: Well, you yeah, remember Darius Fountain was drafted over him, the UNI, University of Northern Iowa prospect, straight from where David Johnson came from. Uh, was he drafted in the fourth or fifth, and then Kane was the sixth? I think he was fifth and sixth. That's uh, when you get to the latter part of the drafts, trying to decide what wide receiver values are is extremely difficult.
1: Absolutely. Let, let's skip over Deion King. Cause this next name on my list is a guy that I've been struggling with for a while. Will every time I look at rosters, I got to set lineups. So I've got him a couple of places and that's Kareem hunt. I, I know he's coming back soon. So I guess the play is just to be patient and see if Cleveland uses him. You know, I guess the, the idea behind it is, is like, maybe he'll take a, over a pre role of that backfield or if Chubb goes down. He's going to be huge, but we're not seeing the Cleveland Browns be this, they're gonna offense <laughs> yet this year. <laughs> the offensive line is bad. i You know, I think let's hope Chubb doesn't go down. But I don't think he's nearly the caliber player that Nick Chubb is. And I think that we saw his best days probably in Kansas City. I mean, you know, Kansas City can plug in a guy Daryl Williams. That wasn't he undrafted, right from LSU? Not the fastest yeah. in the world.
0: He, he did win. He did win like teammate of the year, though.
1: Yes, he did. Yes, he did. No, I'm not saying he's bad, but, but just a guy. And I'm not saying. Cream Hunt is all bad, but I don't think he is, you know, uber talented like some of these other running backs. So, what do you know with Cream Hunt? What do you think you can get for him? Do you have him anywhere, Will?
0: So, I've had people ask me this question, and it's happened actually at work where somebody was moving like their first for Cream Hunt plus like uh, uh like James Washington. And I was like, you shouldn't ever pay anything for Cream Hunt. I'm so anti Cream Hunt. I'm not against people making their own deals whatsoever, which is always what I'll come back to and having these conversations with people like. You need to manage your own dynasty team. But here's my thoughts is I, I, I'm, I'm out on Kareem Hunt. I, I don't want any part of him. Uh, after this hernia surgery and being away from the team for nine weeks to ten weeks, a guy who's gotten into trouble constantly uh, outside of the team is now going to be away from the team for this long. I will be absolutely floored if he returns value. So I, I'm trying to – if I have him, I mean, I'm moving – I don't know if, I, you know, in this scenario – like if it was Kareem Hunt for Peyton Barber for a win-now team and you have Ronald Jones, you're just trying to secure that backfield. I don't know if I'd hate that deal. Like that might be something to be into. Wow.
1: Um, I, I don't like that deal. But but I, I'm not saying you're crazy on value. That's probably right. Um, how about if you – and I don't think you could get this done, but if you're the double-cook owner, you, you trade Kareem Hunt for Alexander Madison. I think that's like a no-brainer. But I, I don't think the Madison owner would do that. Frankly,
0: <laughs> especially yeah, dynasty because they drafted him. You know that's, right. uh, you know they probably put up a second round pick for Madison.
1: Right. Well, but but here's a league where Cream Hunt went for Calvin Ridley.
0: Yeah, that's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. that's just okay. But that also factors, in my opinion. Your object, the objective value of Cream Hunt is probably more than what I value him at, and I, right. I'm yeah, I'm okay admitting like they're like, like saying that, but I. I don't see where you're going to get that win. Uh, the The team isn't good enough right now to support a secondary back. And along with his, his like historical issues, it's not like he got it. So yeah, he kicked a girl and it was horrible, absolutely terrible, but he's been in other bar fights. He's had a history now of making mistakes. And this is, this is somebody who might just, just completely clog up your roster. You can't taxi him. You can't put him on IR. What are you going to do it? You know, he i'm I'm dropping him for byron Pringle you know those those types of scenarios that's the i mean that that's where i, I would lie with it. like lie with where I see cream hunt's value once, I, I risked a lot with him too and lost a lot because he was so valuable in Kansas City, but now with all these other issues to, you know to to me he just isn't gonna come back in the league
1: once you pop, you can't stop will okay, I don't get it yeah it was a bad okay. Byron Pringle joke, okay. What about this? You take Kareem Hunt and you package your 2021 20, second round pick and you grab yourself some Darren Waller.
0: You need to tight in badly?
1: Yeah, let's say you do need to tight in badly. I don't think that's... I think I do that, actually. You know, you're taking... Now you're, you're trading one, you know, a guy that might get into a bar fight for a guy that may become addicted to drugs again if be out of the league. But, hey... You but know, it's flashed like,
0: massively this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, he has. So, and that's twenty—you're talking about a twenty twenty-one second-round pick. So, you know, you're you're putting putting a little bit of Darren Waller on, on the credit card. You know, you don't have to pay for it now. A couple of years down the road.
0: Yeah. You yeah. No, I'm okay with that. I like that.
1: What? Okay, here's the, this is the final one. What there.
0: about uh what about Kareem Hunt for Zay Jones? <laughs> <laughs> the newest Oakland weapon.
1: Oh man. Um no, I can't. I can't do that. All right, Cream uh, Hunt.
0: <laughs> let's see here. Let's, let's pick a wide receiver. Cream uh, Hunt for Marquise Goodwin.
1: No, I just don't believe in any Forty uh, ers wide receiver.
0: What about Cream um, Hunt twenty twenty second for DK Metcalf?
1: I would think about. I probably would do that. Yeah. I like that deal. I like okay, that deal. Okay, what about, okay. what about cream hunt for uh Debo?
0: I take that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Here's one. This is an actual deal that went down. This is going to test your James Connor love. Um, oh,
0: oh so, no, well, I'm no, going to bring okay. this
1: up. No, it, come on. Just my, my, my late,
0: my late off season love affairs. have just gone so poorly.
1: Well, did you see that, uh, the, that, uh, his, his running flip back made is going to be out for a month. So Jalen's out for a month. So that might, yeah, so, I, just,
0: yeah. I just, I'm still scared.
1: Okay, here it is. You can take Kareem Hunt and your 2021st round pick, send him off, and you'll get back not just James Conner, but a 2024th round pick and a twenty twenty one third round pick.
0: Yeah, slam, 360 slam dunk.
1: So you're trading Hunt and your 2021st for James Conner.
0: Oh, yeah. Picks. All right. Let's at least assume that under James Conner's contract, he has uh, another year with Pittsburgh, at least, if not more, so we know like holdouts or problems, that he's – they're going to return back to a productive offense with a good offensive line. I'm willing to assume that.
1: Yeah, and th- and this was in a 1 QB league, so it's not super flex if that plays into your decision.
0: Okay. Uh I mean I usually I, to, I for the most part, I try to assume first are super flex oriented and then if it's just 1 QB, uh maybe like a 1080 slam dunk.
1: I like I like the 1080 slam dunk. Very nice.
0: Old N64 reference, huh?
1: <laughs> I'm going to cross out this guy unless you want to talk about him. Um, let's, let's close. Well, first of all, I wanted to talk about a couple getting back to tight ends, a couple older tight ends that haven't done much for us recently. Tyler Eifert and Kyle Rudolph.
0: Are either of them over 30? Are they that old? They're just bad. (laughs) Poor Tyler Eifert ruined by injuries and it sucks. And it sucks that the the Bengals suck. Uh, he's one of those guys. If you want to swap out, if you don't need a tight end, I actually started him last week thinking I was being real cheeky. Yeah, me I too. I even started him in the DFS contest that we're in. Again, yeah, me to too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: like,
0: <laughs> hey, the Cardinals are really horrible against tight ends. Guess who's going to catch a touchdown? And he could have if uh, Dalton could put the ball in the right spot, or at least in an even yeah, okay spot. Right. But uh, and then Kyle Rudolph. So I mean, horrible. It's it's like OJ Howard when you see a team not targeting a tight end forever. When do you give up?
1: Yeah. Okay, so we're, we can move on. So you're, you'll straight-up drop those guys for Byron Pringle, for example.
0: Yeah, easy. Especially if you yeah. get the news that uh, Watkins and Tyreek Hill are out. that's an easy swap. I'd, take, I'd drop either of those guys for just one week worth of a victory in a dynasty league. Yeah, it's absolutely. not close.
1: Yeah. That's kind of the idea. That's kind of the idea,
0: right? That's what we're trying to predict.
1: Right. And, and finally, this is the guy you added, and I love it, Randall Cobb. And and I actually started him oh. in one of my NFC leagues.
0: Oh I like, man, I
1: too. I was so desperate.
0: Well, me too. It is. It, <laughs> it was in the league that we talked earlier about that trade that you know we might discuss a little bit. But uh, the, the the so Randall Cobb against the Dolphins had a seventy-five yard touchdown called back on a holding offensive line holding call that I guess from what I've heard was kind of questionable. But again, it doesn't matter because it was called back. So that would have really changed his his you know. Uh, his prediction and values if he had one more really good startable week right right and but now with the with the Dallas passing game and with Michael Gallup coming back and what they're doing I you know is, is Randall Cobb just the the like the a plus version of uh oh, I had the name of the tip of my tongue who is the seventh overall pick that they got from the Rams
1: Oh, um, Tavon Austin.
0: Yeah, Tavon. She's he, like the like B plus or A plus version of Tavon Austin, which still amounts to nothing. That's kind of the the Randall Cobb role there. But uh, he's a, you know he's a he's, a, he's a, that flyer that could get you that boomer bust the week, but he's going to bust what nine times out of ten. So
1: yeah,
0: roster clogger, roster clogger. But one of those ones where I can't drop him. It's not like Tyler Effort, It's not like Kyle Rudolph. It's not like Deion Cain at this point in time uh or jhi it's uh i i i do feel like you have to hold on to him because uh, cooper has been battling injuries all year we, we don't really know what's gonna happen with that offense with the wide receivers if somebody goes down so that's i guess that's what i'd hold
1: he's kind of like the peyton barber of wide receivers if you will oh
0: poor, poor <laughs> Randall Cobb. what a fall from grace
1: yeah yeah all right let's move on to the waiver wire this week and by the time our listeners hear the show waivers will have run but there's a guy in that's available in a lot of dynasty leagues will that you're really excited about i'm mm. so excited you're yawning right now
0: yeah sorry apologies <laughs> uh just randall cobb got me oh all yeah. Yawning. yeah
1: come on come on get out of the randall cobb funk and in and, and Think so, about this, this guy that you're going to some,
0: go up some Somebody I did want to talk about. Actually, this was on a Dynasty Reddit thread of, of all places, the Dynasty Famous Football Reddit thread. They talked about Duke MFing Williams for the Buffalo Bills. They're like, this guy's coming over from the CFL. He's massive. He's fast. He was a producer in the CFL. He's six feet three, 225 pounds of pure, unadulterated muscle this dude is a stud. He just had a little bit of a, he had some issues in college. I'm pretty sure he got like suspended for, I don't want to say it was substance abuse, but he got in some trouble. Uh, anyway, the, it's an, it, so in 18 games played, and it was over two years, since I don't know how many games to play in the CFL, but shout out to our Canadian brothers. Uh, over his career, these 18 games, he had 88 catches, 1,579 yards, and 11 TD, or tutties. And, he looked like a standout. I think he won receiver of the year when you're there. He looks good. And finally, this week, I kind of forgotten about him. I wanted to talk about a preseason. We got into the you know the kind of slog of the regular season and disappointed about my own uh, passion about this player because I missed talking about him on the show. And uh, you know, now that the the Bills have traded Zay Jones and Duke caught a touchdown last week, he looks like a man among boys. He reminds me of. Josh Gordon in that preseason game with the Browns, where he just looks so much bigger than everybody else in the field. He almost looks like an A.J. Brown now on the field. Like, he looks big, almost a little bit lumbering, but in reality, he's actually pretty fast and pretty athletic. So Duke Williams is my waiver wire dynasty ad of the week, and I'm, I'm paying up for him. In $100 Fab Leagues that I've saved Fab, I'm spending $22, 23 24 bucks in Ryan, leagues that we're together, I'm not spending anything. <laughs>
1: uh, no, that's fair. But uh,
0: I'm willing to go out and risk it for, for this player because that wide receiver core is wide open. You rarely get this kind of situation with a player that's kind of come under the radar except for people that have really been like, either following or somehow caught a random article on Dynasty Fantasy Football tw- or Reddit, which I'm not even on that often. Like, I'm not saying that, like, that this is where I'm mining for data, but it is not a bad place to at least read some fun articles. Uh, I, I'm actually pretty excited. About Duke Williams. And, yeah, he might turn into a roster cog later this year, but he's easy to dump uh, if, if he doesn't turn out, you know, if he doesn't keep producing or, you know, really make a difference.
1: Yeah, I think you're going to get him most of those leagues where you're paying that much for him. But but I, I like the passion, and I think what's interesting about him, we talk about looking at pedigree. He doesn't have the draft pedigree, but if you look at college, I was, I was looking up a few things when you were talking about him according to 247sports.com, which is a great resource to read about college prospects. Once upon a time, Williams was a five-star recruit to Alabama and distinguished himself as a top prospect by catching 45 passes for 730 yards and five touchdowns in 2014. And then he kind of um, got in trouble, got kicked off of Auburn's campus after a bar fight. That's what happened to him. So he's been clawing his way back Mm. ever since. So don't go to the Browns. Yeah, five-star recruit. Um, so so he it's not like he's a guy that's like literally coming out of nowhere that's no talent. I mean he was uber talented, got into a bad situation now he's got a chance that' that's a that's a fun guy to to take and, a risk on well I like. and that. i
0: take a little a little bit of it back with his elite athleticism uh that's based on some other like more college metrics, but on player profiler, he doesn't have uh elite metrics but i you know what I'll, I'll I'll do some research and come back uh with a little bit better like statistical relevance but a five-star recruit doesn't come out running a four-seven-two forty into college those kind of wide receivers are running four fives or lower at that size
1: yeah but i i like about i like his attitude too and a guy like this you know is gonna be a hard worker basically he says quote i know everyone probably was like he ain't gonna do it but i i just stayed down i had to humble myself grow as a man and start to put everyone else first besides myself it's not about me it's about our team so like he's a guy that you know is like he like he learned from his lesson. He learned from that that fall from being that elite recruit, and theoretically is going to bust his butt and put it all out there in the field. And that's a guy you want to have on your team and cheer for for sure.
0: I'm willing to buy in a little bit too with Trains, the Zay Jones after that game.
1: Absolutely, I, like I that's, mean that,
0: that's that's really telling. Could, that could matter, and the the Bills are weirdly good. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I still don't know how to value Josh Allen as a dynasty quarterback i i really have no idea but
0: roster clogger
1: <laughs> no i mean i just don't know where he's going to be like in five years is he going to be starting in the nfl i i have no idea but for now he's putting up numbers you know he is i think he's even like a still a, a qb1
0: and they gave the patriots a run for their money
1: yeah they Bills did like, like
0: a, a really good one
1: they did the, the only test the patriots have had this year yeah he's he's just a just a qb1 he's number 12
0: If it weren't for, I believe it was a a muffed punt, they uh, they outscored the Patriots. Very very interesting. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Eventually, the Patriots will get a test another time. I'm kind of a bandwagon
0: Bills fan for this season, though. So.
1: It's fun to cheer for the Bills because it's such a a a great franchise, and it's a city that you know. That's what's going on in Buffalo. Well, it's the Bills. I mean, with all due respect to the great people of Buffalo, uh, you know, I I love love. My sister lives there, so. Does.
0: Yeah, I mean. Yay, Buffalo. Hear a lot of complaints, so.
1: Oh, all right. Um, let's 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 move on. We got one final thing on the show sheet. It's going to be a little bit of a short one because you've got a long flight tomorrow and I've got a meeting in the morning. So, um, oh, actually, we've got two more things on the show sheet, two more players to talk about. Um, and one of them is Dante Pettis. Well, I picked up Dante Pettis in one of my redraft leagues. Like, I, I basically had a spot to fill. Um, so I, 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 put, I think it was uh, Devonte Adams. I put him out and then I had to pick up someone that cleared waivers on Monday. So it was Dante Pettis. And I was like, you know, if Dante Pettis breaks out this game, I've got a, a piece that I can use in this redraft league and it didn't happen. And it just, he just continues to disappoint. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen with Dante Pettis.
0: And what happened after the flashes last year, he had, I remember that Seahawks game last year, he had a really good game and he looked really good. He did. He looked. Great. And I, I just don't know. This is one of those things with the NFL that you don't get the insight into what's actually happened with them, and we maybe should have saw the writing on the wall with two receivers taken in the second and third round coming into this year. You know, Marcus Goodwin coming back. I, I, it's it's a lesson learned, let's say, to factor this stuff in going into the next season, right? Like maybe there was more that that we didn't know about Dante Pettis coming into this year, and how can you not be disappointed, like? Ryan, that, that work team, Like I started in week one, he almost lost me the week cause he put up zero points. He hasn't done really anything the whole season. So that was why I wanted to put him in here as I was curious about your, your dynasty value of him and, and where you have him. Cause at this moment in time, this is a move that I would make if I had Dante Pettis, I would trade Dante Pettis for John Ross.
1: Yeah. And I don't know that I can do that. Because I think what John Ross has shown us, and maybe this isn't fair, but he has well, he has limitations to his game, and he keeps getting injured. Man, he can't stay healthy. So I just, I, I buy into that stuff. I know people say I'm crazy, and you you can't buy injury history, but I don't know. A guy gets injured too many times. I just I just want out. So I still will, will take the the Dante Pettis, you know, theoretical upside. And I think that he's still. I think the perception of John Ross has gone back down again. And I think. There are some people in your league that still see Dante Pettis as this really nice NFC asset. He's just got to put it all together because you know, Matt Waldman loves him and Chris Harris, you know, I don't know what he's, what he said recently, but at least was talking him up. I think Chris Harris still buys into his talent. So you got guys out there that know their stuff that still like Dante Pettis. So I, I think he still has more value. I think you can get more than John Ross, frankly. I think you can get a decent piece. Yeah.
0: That's just kind of saying like, that's where I see him in the board.
1: Yeah, you know? but are are you excited? I mean, are you, let me ask you this: Is you think he's a buy low? Are you going to go out and try to acquire Dante Pettis? Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, me neither. I I
0: I just don't. I, I think he's going to To me, it's like going to be that like kind of like Mike Gaski on your team. You can't start him, <laughs> but you can't quite drop him. You know?
1: Right. No.
0: I'm, right. I, I am legitimately concerned about that, and I it's 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 by, I guess it's buying into the background narrative. I don't think it's based on his talent and what he's able to do. There's something else going on that we don't know. And maybe I'm I'm being overly conservative and buying him now is the time. But I uh, definitely don't trust it.
1: Going back to those 2018 rookie drafts, a lot of times you would see Dante Pettis be drafted in the same area as Cortland Sutton. Usually Cortland Sutton would go before Dante Pettis, but not always. So Cortland Sutton, he is a guy, Will, that, I didn't know this until Nick Whalen posted this on Twitter where he ranked. You know, Nick Whalen was excited. You know, Nick Whalen's been um, talking about Cortland Sutton since he was a, a, a Debbie prospect, right? Cortland Sutton, he is a wide receiver one right now. I, and I, I couldn't believe it. When I saw that tweet by Nick Whalen, I'm like, no way. that's That that can't be right. And then I looked it up and, like, PPR leagues, he's number 10.
0: <laughs> Dante Pettis in your twenty twenty second for Cortland Sutton right now.
1: Now I can't do it. You, you asked me last week, I would have done that deal, but now I can't do it. Now that I realize he's like the, you know, the he's a wide receiver one. And he's put up those numbers with Joe Flacco. I mean, it's crazy, man. I can't, I can't, Joe I can't believe. Joe Flacco's been. Oh, Will's cutting out on me. I know he's about to say that Joe Flacco has been lighting it up. And um, I don't I don't know if that's, were you about to say Joe Flacco's lighting it up? You were, you were cutting out on me. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, you were too. Oh, yeah,
1: well, fair aww.
0: moment. Uh, no, so Joe Flacco's been producing wide receiver ones for years and years and years. Always had elite producers. I'm kidding. It's been horrible, except when he had Steve Smith. So, yeah, I. I but again, it's that year two, right, Ryan? Like, this is what I'm buying into, uh, and I've, I've bought more and more into it. It's year two. These guys start to really show what they're made of. Year one, yeah, of course, is the learning curve. He played at SMU. And he did stay an extra year because he could have come out as a redshirt sophomore, but stayed until redshirt junior. So that is to me a little bit of a, like a warning sign. I do get a little, uh, it makes me a little bit standoffish that you're not coming out. If you think you're an elite talent right away. Uh, I don't think that's a bad opinion as far as, you know, where, where the, the basis of it comes from, but now here two in the NFL, he's had his adaptation period. Uh, he has Joe Flacco as his quarterback, but he's at least trusting him to go up and get the ball and be that the dominant alpha wide receiver. And I also have an addiction to alphas, though. You know, like the 5'10 the slot guys. Uh, you know, even, like, that's why I struggled with Hollywood Brown. It's just too small. Like, I, I love the alphas. I don't know what, you know, it, it's not panned out overly well in the the long term. It's like the odd Tates. Remember that way too rookie or early rookie draft like years ago. I was like, oh, Tates is tall. He's fast. He's on four state. He's super, like, agile and athletic. <laughs> that didn't That didn't turn out very well in that moment. But that's just one thing that I've always really bought into. And I I, I wish I had more Cortland Sutton.
1: Yeah, uh, me too. I just have him in one place. And, I you know, he kind of slipped to me in, in the rookie draft. And, yeah, just sometimes so, – It's better to be lucky than to be good in fantasy sometimes. <laughs> just yeah, get so that was that – uh,
0: that was that offer that we talked a little bit about off the show, but you know, I, I was offered for Adam Thielen, Cortland Sutton, and Anthony Miller. So you have an alpha and a slot receiver for like a, a mix of the two, I guess, because like Adam is bigger than than your standard slot receiver. And I turned it down, uh, even though I'm building for next year because I want that wide receiver one for next year. And now we're seeing the emergence and you're seeing the 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 turn of the you know, the film guys even saying that Courtin Sutton's becoming he's almost like he's he's made that kind of leap from just being a guy who can't really run routes, can't really catch, can't adjust the body, can't twist, can't bend, can't keep his feet in bounds, those kinds of things to now we're seeing that he can. So would you do if you had Adam Thielen? Court and Sutton and Anthony Miller? Gordon? Let's just say full PPR, super flex.
1: No, no, no. I'm 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 on the Sutton and Miller side for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: And I wasn't a couple of weeks ago. I think I think you made the right decision a couple of weeks ago. But I think now we're seeing the uh, emergence, and I don't think he could have necessarily saw that coming. I mean, maybe some people did, but I I certainly didn't. I I just wasn't buying in, and I should have been. Um, it's it's a miss for me. So I'll, I'll chalk that up to a miss. Well, well, we can't really end on a sad note, Will. But I I, I got to get out of here. So you have any th- final thoughts? You're not going to be here next week. You're going to be traveling. But but what are you going to be thinking about when you're traveling? When you do, you're not going to be thinking much about fantasy football. But when you are what's going to be sticking in your mind? Like, what are you going to be thinking about over the next couple of weeks?
0: Uh, watch what wide receivers. So the JJ Osager wide side, uh, the other, I'm trying to think of the other second round wide receivers this year, even third rounders that were bigger. Isabella. Yeah. Or even like, like look at a Keem Butler. He's going to be so low next year. And I know he didn't play it all this year, but if he flashes early next year, I'm going to be ready to overpay.
1: Fair enough. I think that's a, that's a good place to end and something to think about
0: there's more guys in there but just saying like that's be ready (laughs) if you see the beginnings of a second year breakout be ready to act
1: yeah okay i I do have one question for you on that so you were talking about we we, just to kind of wrap this on a bow we were just talking about dante pettis right he's a second year wide receiver and there were guys that they they acquired and maybe that should have been a sign um what if these teams like what what if like talking about andy and isabella what if arizona goes out and they draft a wide receiver early or or some of these these teams that have second year wide receivers were excited about maybe by lows they 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 draft other wide receivers is that going to play into your decision if they blow up that week one
0: so if the if the team had drafted a wide receiver early but the second year wide receiver blows up week one yes i hope that just drives the price down
1: okay all right. Very good.
0: That's where I'll see it. Of course of course everything's factored in, Ryan. Okay, I'm not just gonna blow it off. Like if the 101 is a wide receiver next year, so like sure. uh, in the actual NFL draft, for some weird reason, probably because the Miami Dolphins are picking and they're horrible at drafting. <laughs> uh, they don't they don't really have a, like if Preston Williams blows up week one, I'm so still probably gonna buy Preston Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's, yeah. All right anyway. All
1: right. Um. Uh, actually, I have, I have one, one more thing to throw out there. than we'll end this show. I promise this is the last thing. So you have Washington or Miami this week? Who you got?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna take. <laughs> I'm gonna take Miami. I think Washington wants to lose more now.
1: Uh, I, I, I'll go. Um, I'll go Washington reluctantly. Anyway, that's what you're gonna be missing. Well, when you're on your trip, so it's gonna be a tie. <laughs> it's gotta be
0: 0-0. Zero, zero.
1: Zero, zero. That would forty be-
0: yards gained by Adrian Peterson. <laughs>
1: All right, well, fantasy Joe listeners, thanks for listening. Um, We are at Joe's on Twitter. We're also on Patreon. You can find us there, Patreon.com/slash Fantasy Joes. On behalf of Will Greenwood, I am Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes.
0: Fantasy Joes, holy cow!